Hello and welcome to At The Source. I'm Alex and this is Karis. This is a podcast about food stories. We love talking about food and eating it. And now we're on a mission to record and share interesting food stories from people all over the UK and beyond. Join us as we explore food in all its glory. We recorded this episode at the Ron Montero Rum Distillery in the sunny seaside town of Motril in Granada, Spain. We were there on a press trip and enjoying a tour and tasting session when we were presented with the opportunity to talk to their director, Maria Elena. It was one of those rare opportunities when we were able to squeeze in a very quick and unscheduled interview. Maria Elena was born in Nicaragua and whilst travelling around Europe, she met and fell in love with her now husband, Joaquim Martin Montero. She saw him across a crowded room and knew he was the one for her, more of which in the episode. We do wonder, though, if she knew then that she'd end up running the family business with her husband and daughter. Ron Montero was first started in 1963 by Francisco Montero, who was also known locally as Tio Paco, or Uncle Paco. He'd grown up in and around the sugarcane industry, which was once the mainstay of the area and was determined to make the perfect rum with it. He spent years perfecting his recipe, using traditional methods and testing it on friends and family until he felt it was finally ready to sell. Now, almost 60 years later, Ron Montero is a well-known Spanish rum brand and they sell their rums all over the world, including now in the UK. Enough from me, let's head back over to Spain for the interview. Welcome, Maria Elena. I hope they got that right. Maria Elena. Maria Elena, perfect. There you go. We'll get there eventually. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us today. We've got a ton of questions because we've just done a pre-recording interview, I guess, and the stories that you have are just hilarious. So let's start with what we always ask. Do you have a first memory of food? No, but I have a food that I really enjoy, which is tortilla. But it's tortilla from Central America, from Nicaragua. They're Uh made of corn. Uh They're made of corn, and I love them. And I do, I think that's my, my, my memories that I enjoy, that I go back to Nicaragua and look for it. Can you get anything similar here in Spain? Mm, Yes, but no. Not, not as good. Not as good. Not as good. Not as good. And yeah. I guess it's probably not the same if you make it yourself. I do make them. And is it as good as you had back home? No, because the, I <laughs> like fresh uh, tortillas made with fresh corn. Now and I really want one. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the one that I get when I go back home. That's My friends, they all know that the invitations that you do to me, it's very cheap and easy. They know I like the tortilla, the cheese, and the beans. So as soon as they know that you're you're going back to Nicaragua, it's like, get the cheese, get the beans. <laughs> That's right. Get those tortillas. Mm. Now, importantly, because we're going to be talking about rum, we would like to know your first memory of drinking rum. Nicaragua has a very good rum, which is called Flor de Caña. And uh, since uh, over there... There's no rules, so you can drink very, very young. And uh, we used to be very young when we used to start to drink, so Flor de Caña, it's uh, the rum. You know, it, we, we never drink neither whiskey, wine, nothing. That was normal to drink. Just uh, rum. Rum. 
Would you drink it straight or would you have it with other things when you were um, a teenager? When I was a teenager, I met a bet with a friend and, uh, and then I started turning over myself completely dead. Straight, straight. <laughs> but um, we used to also drink it as a shot with a little bit of lemon. Yeah. You know, mm. when you are young, you do crazy things. Yeah. And you don't have a hangover. Well, uh, I think you do. Oh. You do. <laughs> but uh, with the rum, with rums that are too sweet, or when you do like, uh, when you're young, it's very dangerous to do things like that mm, mm. because um, I think that uh, the body is not ready no. for all those crazy things that we do. Here, what we, uh, what I learned is cut fire. You know what that is? No. You have to eat a little bit when you are drinking. Oh, so okay. you cut fire. I'm, oh, I'm, cut fire. I'm getting behind that. <laughs> I'm I'm yep. definitely down for eating with drinking, and I basically do that anyway. So that doesn't explain why my hangovers are no. still really bad. <laughs> the hangover comes when you are drinking sweet alcohols ah. because it hits up uh, fast the head, and also you have what in a in a distillation column you have um, a terms of distillator. It's called heads and tails. Heads, it's impurities. And when you drink from the head, it hurts the head. Tails, the same. So heads and tails, we normally sell it for the industry, cleaning up businesses, uh, uh. perfume. But from the stomach is where, where we drink. And also we pass it through carbon distil- uh, filtration. And that takes away all the impurities. A liquor should not give you the hangover and the day after. Mm. It does give it to you when you have heads and tails. Mm. So it's to do with the quality, essentially. Yes, yes. Yeah. quality. That leads quite nicely into um, to what you do here. So you're one of the directors with your husband of Montero Rum. We learned a little bit just now before we, we came in to talk to you. And it was your husband's uncle who started, and quite interesting that he was your husband's uncle because the lady downstairs told us that he was known as Uncle Paco. That's right. Uh, because he had lots of nephews and nieces but didn't have any children of his own. Mm-hmm. And so he started Montero in 1963. That's right. And how long have you and your husband been been running the business? Well, we bought it to Tio Paco on 2007. As a matter of fact, Blanca... The lady that has been talking to you, she is a nephew, a grandnephew of Tiopaco also. Wow. Yes. <laughs> big family. Uh, big family. We, yeah. have a, we have a big family and we try to, um, when, when we bought it to Tiopaco, the company, he knew that he needed to sell it to somebody that would, would uh, live the way he started making the rum continue. His continue. That's right. And were you always working with rum? My husband, yes. Not with rum, but with alcohols. We, uh, he used to sell to Tio Paco the alcohols. And it was Tio Paco who really 
invented or the way he made the rum. Those barrels have 60 years old mm. and they're virgin. Mm. And when we went for an international price in Belgium, is where we found out that we are unique in the world of rum. This is a, an artisan way of make, making rum. We use the system of Criadera and Solera. We do five movements of the, with the rum, and we only extract uh, one-fourth of the bottom barrel. This is hard to explain when you are not looking at it, mm. but what we do here is blending. We extract from many bottom barrels, eh? and we mix them. We bring it down to 40 degrees, and you see the color of this rum? It's very um, amber. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's being given by the tannin, the tannin of the, of the oak wood. But if, you, if we extract it from the old barrels, it would come very pale. Right. Because those oak wood barrels have very little tannin. And you see that um, this one, we get it from the new barrels, the colors. Now, if you see a darker rum and a sweeter rum, does not mean it's older. It means that the producer has put in caramel and a dark caramel. So coloring. Yes. Oh, right. Okay. You, you understand? Yeah. The, the, yeah. This, this. So is that what makes not only Montero unique among rums mm -hmm. but and we had this discussion on our on our way here spain isn't known for rum it's, it's known for lots of other things so is that what makes it you know quite a unique brand within spain itself well many people don't know that the sugar cane was sent to america was by the Christopher Columbus on the second trip. Mm. So the sugar cane, once it's cut, it starts getting fermented. Mm. There are writings in the um, archive of the mayors mm -hmm. from the Arab time that there was a liquid that makes us all fun. Oh, okay. <laughs> We believe rum is the happy uh, of uh, of the the happy juice happy of juice. the of the sugar cane. Hmm? I think there are a lot of people who would agree, <laughs> and that's quite an interesting because again, um, one of the things that we're we're exploring whilst we're here on Costa Tropicale <laughs> um, is the fact that actually there there was a big sugar cane industry in this area of Spain. Not anymore, um, but yes. there were quite a few sugar cane plantations around this area. There, there were eight sugar factories. Wow. Only in this area. And there were plantations all over, uh, from Valencia all the way down to Marbella. You see, I don't think people realise, certainly from the UK, I, I didn't. I didn't know that. You know, I've been to um, seen sugar plantation and a rum distillery in the Bahamas, uh -huh. which is more kind of what you'd expect, but not Spain. See, and, well, well, it was us who took it there. It was the Spaniards. Mm -hmm. yeah. The Spaniards. And then 
Uh, it went all around until Australia. It was take, being taken by the probably the English. Mm. Yeah. Now the problem of this is that we have non, not yet told the story. Ron Montero has a history to tell. And we have a history of more than a thousand years. In 1828, the rum from Montreal got a, a prized from the King of Spain. 1828. Wow. But it's been so little. It's just like when they talk about the sugar, they talk about the sugar beet in the European community. Mm. They don't talk about the sugar cane sugar. Mm. They didn't not. So that it's it, it was less and less being known. Mm. That's why it is so important when I have people like you around me so I can tell the story. You know, there's And that's why we're here. We love the stories. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thank you, thank you very much. Because you, um, so again, before we switched the the recorder on, you were telling us about when you you first came to Europe from Nicaragua. Um, that's hard to say, and you um, met your husband, mm -hmm. and he was the manager of a sugar factory here. That's right. Um, and you told us that you the uh, oh ruin <laughs> the story, ruin the story. <laughs> Can you please tell us again? When you first arrived here, so, you know, you, you have been so many places. You had friends in Celebrenia, which is just nearby, and we'll provide a map. Um, and you went to Italy and France and Spain, and you went and did a degree in hotel management, and then you have a master's in marketing. You Busy. got you got here to visit friends, and you saw this man. <laughs> and then tell us the rest. Okay, I, I was invited to a piano concert in the Hotel of Salobreña. I don't know if you've been there, but they have a very beautiful view towards the sea. And then there was a piano concert. And we were walking in, and I saw this person coming in to Patricia, and I told my friend Patricia, she's half Spanish and half Nicaraguan, I'm going to marry that one. I'll been, have that one. <laughs> I'll have, I've been, I was saying all my trip, they, she knows me from a long time, I'm never going to marry it. I come from a family that I have four brothers, and I know how the mans are. When, whenever in my house the phone was ringing, I would rush to the phone, and they would say, tell them I'm not home. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so I know how men's are. Yeah. And but when I saw Joaquin, I saw him something. I had lost my father when I was 17. It's not that I was looking at father, but I saw something nice, some a, a, a clean person. Hmm? And uh, then I make made a bet. We do love a I hope bet. I hope he did he he doesn't hear this. <laughs> But I made a bet, and I said, mm, you guys, this one is going to be mine. And everybody says, no, this, that, for when? Tonight. There, there's, a, there's a woman with drive right <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I did. And how long have you been married now? 40 years. There you go. And so you, you still went back to Nicaragua. So you still went back and forth yes. for a while. Yes. 
when when did you decide that's it I'm coming here permanently I was working in Nicaragua with the government it was just happened to be and uh, because my family has businesses and my mother was by herself but then I decided my brothers came back and I decided to start working with the government to help the country to come out and uh, he came and uh, offered me marriage he came to pick me up I had From Nicaragua. Uh, I went he went to Nicaragua good man mm. he went picked me up brought me here and to Salobreña and we planned our marriage we got married in Nicaragua 1980 but we had met each other four years before so I said 40 years Aww, true. No, it's so romantic we've got we've been hearing a few romantic stories lately <laughs> yeah and yeah. people kind of doing some amazing things because they just they're just like I have to be with this person yeah. how long have you lived in Salabrenia or do you I'm assuming in you live area. nearby well uh, my daughter was married in 19 was born in 1982 and we moved into our new house up in the mountains it is an avocado farm oh. where we live and where we can see the uh, beautiful view of the sea and she was born a week after we moved to the house good time wow. <laughs> so i was uh, when i when we moved to the house there was a chair a hammock from nicaragua and the bed wow so one chair was for me or the hammock for me or the bed for my mother and for my husband three furnitures only in the house no lamps <laughs> but it was fun it was fun that's how you build the house mm-hmm. nowadays i see that people don't get married until they have everything mm, yeah mm. you're waiting forever for yes and and i think that with my husband and we have been a couple that uh, we have grown together and so when he did he come home and say Maria Elena, Maria Elena, I want to buy my uncle's rum factory. No. Uh, our uncle threw messages to the people in the company of my husband in the distillery. He used to buy the, um, this, the alcohol to my husband. Mm. So he threw messages. Why don't you... Tell Joaquin to come and offer me. <laughs> oh, eh? what of so, those? <laughs> so my husband came, made him an offer, and a year after, he he called my husband to his home. He was a very singular person. He called him to the house and said, "Joaquin, I accept what you offer me. Uh, this is my account." I pay 600 uh, euros for the whole year of electricity. I pay no zero money for um, uh, propaganda, you know, for marketing. marketing. That must have been hard zero for you. Money zero money marketing. We both work in marketing as well. And obviously <laughs> you've got a master's in marketing, yeah. so you would have been like, oh my goodness. No, <laughs> he used the marketing of the word of mouth. Word of mouth, yeah. And the word of mouth nowadays is social medias. Yeah. And I think it's very, very important um, to let people find out by themselves. Mm. I hate when people push me to buy something. Mm, me yeah. too. 
nothing worse. It makes me want to not buy it. That's exactly, right. exactly. It See. does, it does. I prefer when people come to me and ask me, what do you have in there? Well, I have rum. Mm. Yeah, but how do you make it? And then I end explain. Uh, can I buy it? Sure, downstairs there's Blanca. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't push. No, no way. No, I don't think that uh, it is nice to do uh, something like that. And uh, Tio Paco uses, he, he tried to make a very good rum because he used to sell it to his friends and family. Sell it. Never give it. It devalues the product, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's right. And so our listeners at home in the UK and wherever they are, all over the place, um, is there somewhere that they can buy this rum? Can they buy it online? Well, we have George. George is a person that buys us every such and such time a thousand liters to take them to England. Okay. And he puts our rum, our white rum, Plata, Montero, in tap. Oh, cool. And he works in the giraffe uh, uh, restaurants. And also, um, he has in Birmingham these little trucks, and they have five taps. His name, his company is called Frizendi. And I happened to met him through his mother-in-law has a very has a small house close by to here. So he found out about us. He came to us, said, "I want this rum in my tap." So we sell him to him, and he takes it to England. Perfect. Well, so, Birmingham is actually not too far. It's halfway between where I'm from and where we okay. live. So we can find that out. And yeah, we'll pop that. We have, a, we have a blog post that goes with every episode. So okay. we'll put the links in there so people can yeah. find it. He's a very young man, two babies, lovely couple, and so um, vision, vision, visionary. visionary. Yeah. Works a lot. And we went to see him to England in May last year. And we fell in love with the couple, with the kids, and with the way he works. Mm. He's a good worker. It's a real family business, even though George isn't actually your family, but he still falls with oh, yes. that. It, yes. feels like, yes. it feels like that. One of the things that I wanted to ask you, um, which you've kind of already answered, um, is what makes your room special? Okay, we would call it a dry rum. Dry rum because nothing has been added up. Hmm? And uh, I don't know if you know the word aged. Añejo. Añejo means that the barrel is standing up with no movement. Mm -hmm. When there is no movement, it can only be one year in the barrels. When you have this rum with movement, it's so, um, it can stay longer. Right. Minimum three years. We never talk about years here because we don't want to. We prefer to let it stay there as long as when we sell it. We bottle when we sell, even though I've had people that come to buy our production. 
and we prefer not to sell it. So it's not sitting in the bottles. No. It's it's sitting in its barrel doing its yes. thing until yes. that's really nice actually, isn't it? Mm. Yes. I like the idea of it kind of And we don't add any sugar. Sugar we believe mixed with alcohol it hits harder the head. And this if is you what want you're about the heads and the yes. tails. If you want to add it, if you want to mix it, we mix it with hot chocolate. Oh. Yes. With rum downstairs right now, that's what you're going to have. Oh, awesome. We call it chocorron, chocorron, which is chocolate with rum. Now, you can mix it with anything you want, but it's dry rum. We have been told that we have to leave, so we just have one short question for you. Yeah. When you're drinking rum, what are you eating? What am I eating? You can eat ham. Oh, <laughs> So a nice, nice piece of jamón. Jamón. Yep. That's right. And uh, I love to have it with um, alone, but mainly salty. Mm. Eh? Salt. I don't like sweet, even though my husband loves sweets. Ah. Eh? But I prefer with salts. So you don't like rum desserts then? I love, no, because I don't like too much the sugar. But Joaquin probably loves rum dessert. Oh, he baptized everything. <laughs> he loves it. That's that's a new way of talking about it. it. Yeah. Baptizing the dessert with that's rum. That's right. Well, we unfortunately this is a really short but very sweet podcast because uh, we're on a tight time frame and we've been told it's time to go. But I could talk to you all day, and I'm sad that we have to go now. I'm sad that we can't find out more of your stories. Yeah. It's a it's a pleasure. You come back whenever you want to. I'm going to leave you my cards and you come anytime. Excellent. I hope you, you're able to try our chocoronga outside yeah, before you go. If not, you take it on the bus. Thank so, you. I guess so that's much. a pleasure. That's a wrap, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, you'll no doubt like some of our others. So please do take the time to listen to our back catalogue, which you can find on any podcast platform you use or our website at thesource.com. If you really enjoyed it, consider supporting us through Patreon. In return for helping us make the podcast even better, we're offering special behind-the-scenes recordings and more. Take a look at patreon.com slash atthesource for more information. Lastly, we're on Twitter and Instagram as atthesource. We're sharing visuals and talking food. Come and join us. <laughs>